Hello listeners. This episode uh, starts out with a follow-up with Scott after he had a memory surface that he hadn't remembered before in the episode entitled, This is going to make a great chapter in my memoir. So if you haven't heard that episode, um, please go back and at least listen to the last 15 minutes or so. And that's where we pick up from here. It's been a couple days later and what he is learning through this process. Thank you so much and enjoy. Welcome to uh, Love and Madness. We don't want to actually tell us tell you who we are at the beginning because we're not yeah. terribly organized in that way. I don't think we have to. <laughs> well, I no. Think we're well known. <laughs> oh, yeah, we we're, 70, we're famous. Seventy nine downloads or something. Seventy. Seventy eight. Oh, jeez, I fucking overestimated. Hey, you know, hey, I fucked it up. We have Sorry. no idea who's downloading it, so that's kind of cool. I'm, 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 but, I'm one of those showbiz phonies. I just lied about our numbers. <laughs> <laughs> that's alright, we're having fun, that's all that matters Yeah And we haven't cuddled today at all We have not That sucks mm, It does I'm We'll have to get to that later episode. No Other way around I can't drink my wine if you're sitting in my you lap You can drink your wine if you're sitting in my lap I crush you I like that <laughs> You hear <Yeah>. here <laughs> Oh so, so if I get arrested, arrested for accidentally smothering him, you, you've heard the evidence we're gonna have to now. Watch, we're going to have to watch news for like osteoporosis and stuff. <laughs> that, and that it wasn't intentional and he asked me to do it, all right? Yeah. <laughs> what if I had that like disease that turns all your cartilage to bone and then I got osteoporosis and I just crumbled when you hate me a hug? Would that, no? What? I don't know. What disease is that? It's like, okay, so there's a disease that turns your cartilage to bone. And like, okay. it'll, it'll fuse your spine. It'll, oh, like, um, your, your uh, rib cage, all it, that. It, like ankylosing spondylitis? Uh, is that what it's called? Well, I know. Well, this is all over the bones, every bit of cartilage. Okay, well, I know in the spine. Like, it locks you in place. Well, my, my uncle has ankylosing spondylitis, and okay. that's when your your spinal cord fuses. Okay. And so he actually hangs on one of those those things that you hang by your feet. In his house, because he figures if his spine is going to fuse, he at least wants to have good posture. Yeah. When it does. That's so, good. yeah, he does that. Well, um, yeah, so I don't, have, I don't have anything else for that part. Oh. Uh, it, 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 it okay, that was our introduction. That was it's an introduction. Yes. Yeah. This okay. is Janelle. She's Janelle. Yeah. That's Scott. Yeah. I'm, I'm love, he's madness. In case oh. you were wondering. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I don't know. Some might, people might argue that I'm actually madness in your love. So. Well, madness is anger and rage. Oh yes, because I am very angry person. She's a, she's a very violent person. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not even eggshells you're walking on. You're walking on like that membrane on the inside of the eggshell. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's how bad you are. I know. I just figured we air that out. <laughs> You're violent rages. <laughs> yeah, when when I accidentally kill him, we're gonna edit this part out. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, we are. Yeah. Of course, when you go to edit this one, I'm gonna wait about what five minutes. I'm gonna come in. I'm gonna give you a big hug, a big kiss, and strike the shit out of you. <laughs> I'm not going down like that. <laughs> no. <I> just, <laughs> <laughs> so last um, episode, I guess, has not up yet, but it will be. Um, at the end of the thing, I had a moment where I remembered something. And apparently I had been blocking that particular event out. Because I, it turned out I'd been... Uh, this is getting serious. So yeah. Just so you know, everybody. Yeah. Might want to pause it if it's like a bad time or whatever. Or, or if, if you, you, you can't handle hearing. Well, I won't get too far in, okay. into the detail yeah. of it. But... There was a guy, um, when I was younger, I was about eight, 
And I had been severely abused before that, if anyone's picking this up now somehow. You know, maybe because of our, our special guest that hasn't shown up yet, and it'll surprise everybody. Oh, by the way, Tom Hanks showed up. <laughs> well, somehow. Uh, so he's, like, lost, and he's a, he needs to use a bathroom. Ah. And he gets to be on a podcast. Cool. That's what's going to happen at that. I, 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 think I guarantee that, it's like 64%. Well, I mean, we do have the gift of prophecy here. It's I just, think I'm, I'm saying right yeah. now that is exactly what's going to happen. 64% chance of Tom Hanks showing up. I yes. Yeah, got, got those outs. But either way, uh, so yeah, I had been abused when I was a kid. Really bad by my mom. She was schizophrenic. And she, was, she had three boys, and I was the oldest. And so I was with her longest, you know. Um, and she went crazy pretty soon after my brother Mark was born. Like, mm -hmm. that's when it all came out. I mean, pregnancy does hormone stuff, and schizophrenia manifests around that time, so I'm sure it was a big trigger of having this responsibility and having all your mind messed up and all this stuff, whatever. So she did things like put a hot iron on my hand to punish me and blah, blah, blah. But then I moved out, and I lived with my grandparents, and then my, I lived with my dad and his girlfriend. And then my dad went to jail, and his girlfriend didn't want to take care of seven boys. So we all got split up. And uh, I lived with my aunt and uncle on Martha's Vineyard. And I thought that Martha's Vineyard was the first time. Now that I, I, I didn't think it. I just kind of, it was my story, my narrative, that the first time um, I, I was molested was there. Yeah. Not by family, by uh, son of a friend of a family, of a family, and his friend. More his friend than anyone, actually. Um, so I, I had thought that was the, the that event, the only instance of that event, but then I remembered um, this other part of the story, because part of me getting healthy has been putting my stories together, connecting the disjointed memories that I have, and realizing there's a, there's a story and there's a throughput to it. And like, it's, it's like the separate memories, your, each of your personalities, each of your parts have yeah, separate, separate memories. Like, imagine operating systems with their own um, home folders that you can't get to if they're not using the operating system, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like that. And there's common data on like another hard drive that they can kind of share and like skills usually. But the thing is, I have skills I don't remember acquiring. Yeah. Like I'm suddenly learning how to paint really quick. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, he is. And, and like I pick up things like that because probably I've been doing these kinds of things for years. To some degree, I'm not, mm -hmm. I was realizing today. So I remember vague moments of being at, staring at a computer screen or an image or something, and I don't remember how I remember that. But it was like middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning. I'm kind of catatonic or something, and the other part was doing it. You yeah. Know? And uh, regardless, uh, so it's almost like imagine when you drive, you have autopilot. Mine have personalities, opinions, and their own memories. Yeah. They did. Or will you know do or whatever? Uh, but either way, at the end of that um, last episode, I remembered this one event that I remembered part of, where my dad went and hung out with this guy who was a known pedophile and his wife for three days. And years later, I remember I remembered smelling that because I smelled it under the door. They were somehow smoking mushroom spores. Huh. Okay, because when I was in just after high school. There was a time where we mixed some mushroom spores with some weed to kind of see what would happen. Ah. I don't know why that sounded like a good idea. <laughs> you know, who knows what could have happened. It could have killed us, you know. Yeah. But we did that. We mixed up whatever was left in the bag of the thing and the other bag of the other thing. And we smoked that. And I smelled it. I was like, whoa, that is that smell. It's this particular, particular quasi-chemical smell. But it's definitely organic cause it's like a greasy smell. It makes your stomach, your, your uh, stomach. Yeah. We're literally where the acid in your stomach is feel weird. Okay. Okay? It's a strange smell. It's very distinct. And it does it does have an effect smoking the spores, apparently. But either way. So my dad, I smelled that under the door. And this was the three-day weekend or period of time where I remember I had to eat pizza out of the trash because my dad wasn't taking care of me. You know? He was mm -hmm. basically on a bender all weekend. And he brought me down with him. And I had no, order, no way to get home. But... Um, this wasn't the no, it wasn't the three day that this happened. But the thing is, I felt betrayed at that time because I didn't know why. Ah. Uh. But it's because that guy who lived near one of my cousins who had kicked us out. You know, that's why we were hanging out with them. So my dad went to that part of town, didn't want to have head all the way back. He wanted to get drunk all weekend, and I think he showed up drunk and they were pissed at him and kicked him out or something. Like you can't do that right now. Like we're not ready. You know, you're yeah. being an asshole already. Yeah. Like, we're all sober and you're breaking shit, you know? Oh. Like, that kind of stuff. Um, like, my brother Chris, 
picture Chris, but my dad is like a little more confident somehow. Mm -hmm. So he's more of a boisterous, in-your-face drunk. Mm. Whereas Chris is a little ashamed of himself, at least, which is cool. But uh, <laughs> it's kind of a good character quality when you're that drunk. But um, I'm, I'm walking around the story because I... Anyway. So I saw... the uh, When Janelle was telling a story, there was like a, an image that, that it brought up that was similar enough. Yeah. Somehow, like, I got through the crack. Yeah. I, I was talking about... Um, the the pedophile at my yeah. church. Yes. You were talking about him taking pictures. Yes. And I viscerally saw the idea of that. Not the image of what he was taking a picture of, but I just saw that greasy scene of, yeah. a, of an old man with a sleeping kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that greasy, dark room. Mm -hmm. And I pictured blinds. But the thing is, I, I had to create that in my mind. And when I did, I created the scene. I remembered the scene. Gotcha. When I was eight years old, and this guy Chet, they called him Chet. It wasn't his real name, because Chester the molester. Mm. They called him Chet. It was like a joke, you know. Yeah. Because he was because he was no, he was known I think for being with teenage girls or something. Oh. Like who were quasi like in the eighties, people didn't think it was too bad. It was gross. Yeah. But it was like we were in a low rent neighborhood, so it was like he's just that guy. Yeah. But he's an older guy. He's like 50, 60, probably mm -hmm. sixty. If he's fifty, he's a hard fifty. Like, are you able to hard life? Cause yeah. Anyway, the guy was like, uh, I had an image. But picture the um, guy from One Day at a Time, the handyman, but old. Okay. okay. That old guy. Okay. That was him. And I just remembered him. Uh, I was on the couch with him. His, his, I think I told part of the story last time, but his wife, when he wasn't there, would let kids up there to eat the freezer burned ice cream that she might have picked out of the trash or something. She was like a bag lady, really. And they lived in an apartment, but mm -hmm. she would go around and pick up garbage out of the garbage, mm. and and take it home and stuff, sell whatever. And she was just known. She she looked. She was just like an old drunk lady, um, completely didn't you know thin hair. Yeah. But she seemed sweet because she let you upstairs to eat the ice cream. Uh huh. And I remember it was like cookies and cream and, and stuff like that. I remember I went up there twice, and the third time I went up there, he was there. I wasn't. I would never have gone up there because we all knew this yeah. guy was that. It was my cousins all talked about it, and uh, I think the adults were just too drunk and high to give a shit. You know what I mean? Mm. Like they were just like, "Oh, he's a bad guy. Yeah. Try not to go around there. <laughs> you know, he'll get you." You know, like, um, but uh, so yeah, like the third time he's there, and then she left, and I was there with him, and I sat on the couch, and he said, or what was it? I can't. I'm not vaguing it out again. But at some point, I tried to leave the couch and grab me. Yeah. And then it kept happening. And for some reason, I couldn't say no when they were telling me to go up there. Not even asking anymore. The wife was asking, telling me to go up there. Go get some ice cream. Yeah. So, anyway, this was a big hit to me last week. Yeah, it was. And it, it's sore right now. Uh-huh. But because of all the other crap that happened to me, it's not as bad as it could have been. Like, this is the first thing I never hit on and remembered. Yeah. Um, I'd probably be a complete total wreck right now. Right. And it messed me up thinking that it happened about, what, two and a half, three years before I previously thought it had happened. Yeah. Um, and that was the, the thing that got me. I was like, at least I thought I was, I was kind of like somehow handling a chaotic home life mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't as bad as same with my grandparents my gran grandfather was a total abusive asshole my dad would have long stretches of being halfway decent and then he'd get something bad had happened or he'd just start drinking and go too far and then he'd have a real blowout just like my grandfather like hitting people and yeah. it was bad most of the time he was a happy drunk or a sad drunk very rarely he'd get to angry drunk my grandfather always went straight to angry mm. by the end of the night you know mm. um so I was living in a quasi-stable life, uh, considering where I'd come from, where we had to basically, we weren't getting food fed. We had to find food. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, so I thought that was like a, that was just a movement upward, you know, starting to get better. And then this happened, and then I went to an even better place, Martha's Vineyard, my aunt and uncle, when my dad went to jail, and then it happened again. And it's weird because I've talked to 
people who have had that happen to them more than once. Yeah. And they say that it's almost like you get a stench or a, a, like a you, because it's happened to you somehow, you have an indicator that you give that's like the mirror or you just can see it as soon as there's a little tap at the door on that, I think. You know, I think it's like, statistically, you're more like, you're just as likely to run into these people as you normally would have. I, but a confident kid isn't going to get it approached. Yeah. <clears throat> a certain kid who kind of just shies away and, and puts his head down or, or her head down or whatever is probably more likely to, to let a few of those little test moves that those guys would do mm-hmm. slide. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, was, I was listening to a podcast today, um, and it, it's a true crime podcast, and yeah. it's... Uh, I, the name of it escapes me at the moment, but um, the one of the people speaking on there is a guy who used to be an FBI profiler. Yeah, he was also abused as a kid, and so he tended to work on the cases that were involved child abuse. Yeah, and he, they were discussing the Sandusky case. Mm. And no, believe me, I'm a few hours from now. I'm having a Sandusky joke because why not? Oh. But right now, well, well, I, I mean, right he, now I'm being authentic and his, I'm pissed, his, you know? his statistics were that, you know, it's like uh, one in every four kids experiences some form of... Some level. Some level of sexual abuse. Hell, it could be life. just going to the pool and yeah. having the one guy stare at you while yeah. you're in the shower. Or even just, like, staring at you right in the pool, you know? Like, yeah. Or the one guy who wants to pick you up and throw you. Yeah. And, and you could tell it, it, it really affected him. Especially because he he was getting in, uh, the the person he was doing the podcast with was very sincere, um, but she, she kept calling Sandusky a predator, and she's like, and he's like, stop calling him that, and this is it this dehumanizes, it, yeah, it, the enemy, you know. Well, and and th- this was his point was that, um, to everyone but the children he molested, he was. A nice guy and when you when you think that the only people who do that kind of things are predators right you lose you become sight. blind yeah that's what I mean by dehumanizing and, yeah and that's and, and, and I mean there were so many people who saw so many signs over the years of what he was doing but because he was a nice guy they didn't see it this ties in yeah this ties into a thought I was kind of forming where okay when something like that happens to people they're acutely aware of it forever. So when I said the thing about the guy who wants to pick you up and throw you in the pool, it could be your kindly great uncle who loves picking you up and throwing you in the pool because you like it. Yeah. And here I am thinking it's sick automatically. Yeah, yeah. And then, like if I'm in Walmart, when I was uh, heavy, I was about two pounds heavier probably. Yeah. Close. <coughs> I was heavy. I kept my head shaved. I think I was thinking of myself as an old man. I, I was prematurely just on my way to dying, hopefully. You know, hopefully. It's like, I'm not doing it, but at least if it happens, yeah. great, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'd walk to Walmart in, like, kind of dingy clothes. i try to just get out there because I had to get to the store to get something. I'm like, I just want to get in and out. And so i just wear whatever the hell I was wearing. I might mm-hmm. stink. I might be dirty shirt a little. Yeah. And, uh, and I knew that I couldn't look even at the faces of a kid mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah. Because I was, like, I was like um, mid to late 30s. And I was, uh, I was just assuming that everyone was going to assume I was a pedophile. Mm. If I'm that age and I look like I did. Because I recognized that I did. At a yeah. low level, I was like, I look like crap. I just want to keep my head down and not be noticed. Right. And I go through. I'm a Walmart person, you know. Yeah. But the second you look at, like, a kid in the, per- I don't know. In my mind, I thought that I was immediately going to be like, you're, you're, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, um, I didn't do anything, you know. It's like you can't even, like, if a kid says something, you can't be like, that's cute if you look like that. Because that looks like a pedophile in a way. A dirty person that give you shit about themselves. Right. But it's like, it ruins life. It ruins your whole life when something like that happens to you. Yeah. You, everything about that aspect of your life, uh, not even, like childhood. It's not sexuality for me. It's oh, no. my childhood. And childhood in general is messed up for me a little. Yeah. It's, it's, it's this idea that, like, you got to overprotect people or you have to... Be vigilant for those fuckers. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for me, it was like that. But for a woman, say, who's a teenager, they say a date rape mm-hmm. situation, it's going to ruin sexuality probably altogether. Yeah. 
But for me, I didn't associate what was done to me with my sexuality. That makes sense? No, so that, I, I that makes to, total sense. I was able to grow up and uh, develop that fairly naturally. But there's, you know, you know, yeah, it's just totally different. Thing. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's, it's at that age, you're not old enough to have I'm, those connections in that way. You know? Well, yeah, it doesn't associate with anything that makes sense to you. Yeah. Like, there's nothing to connect it to. It's like, this is what sex... No. This is just someone putting something in that hurts. Yeah. And and I don't ever want to do that again. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's more like that. And it's not... You don't get why. Um, even if you're smart and you know the gist of things, this one didn't make sense. Yeah. No one does that. Yeah. Um, but I am... This is... This is a little heavy, and I, I don't know why I feel I have to say this, but I'm actually grateful that I was never, um, nothing's ever put in my mouth. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very grateful of that. Hmm. So, that's, that's a little much. Um, I know this, this, this is the beginning of the episode, and we wanted to talk about this one story, so we're talking a lot, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tone it down after I'm done with the part that I want to say. So after this event, this opening of the door, this other part of me that has never given up on protecting me kind of came out, and he was kind of half there for the whole week. But in a conversation, which to me, I thought I integrated completely, um, but it's, it's pretty fairly obvious now that this guy in particular, this super protector that I have, uh, the one who actually monopolizes my brain, and makes sure that if he doesn't want me to know something or remember something, I just don't. Like, if I'm trying to do something, I'm like, what was in the middle of? I don't know. He's running a process. You know, he's doing something. Um, he's a smart one, in a sense, because he's sitting there at the console being smart, and I don't get to. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's probably the one who picked up those skills and stuff, like, what, what might you need, or I have to do something with my time. Turned out he was resenting me in a lot of ways, because I was, I was the main person, and he couldn't change that. But he's very realistic. He's a very much a pragmatist. And so he's like, well, I have to accept that if we integrate, I'm dying, you know, more or less. Or maybe I'm not part of you. There was another, he has a lot of weird theories. He tends to just live in my head, literally, and make stuff up. He's creative. What do you do in someone's brain when you have full access? You know? So anyway, it was, it was a lot of conversation. But my, my basic understanding is that this last summer episode I had was all him almost running a, an RPG for me because he... He has access to like the dream stuff, so he can cause visuals, he can cause emotionals, he can cause all this stuff that would kind of create a full sensory experience. So he's tweaking the knobs to get the saturation up to make it look like a video game, or you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's he's, he's me- he was messing with me and, and and making me at least get the data that I was supposed to believe the world was a certain way. And there were times, I mean, hell, I'll question it. I don't know if you saw that. There were times when I would question it, like you're full of shit. I saw some of that, but a lot of that you did during the day when I was at work. True. And yeah. so when I'd come home... So this, this was right after I got in a car accident it triggered on me. Yeah. Turns out this guy's a protector, and the ultimate goal of all these protectors, and he created all the others. They were almost like characters he was playing, sock puppet style. Although he said uh, two of them kind of took on their own. Uh-huh. Like they had their own motivation after a while. He, he said one thing that was interesting to me. He said, it's not like your brain, sh- your mind shattered. Mm-hmm. It's more like you got hit, your tank of viscous fluid almost. You got hit from the outside and bubbles formed, a new bubble. And that's another personal self, in a way. Hmm. And so I don't have full access to his experience, if that makes sense. Yeah. I just have access to his knowledge, which is, like, on the hard drive. Yeah. You know? So, so do you think this memory was maybe one that he been keeping? He had been me? holding on. Yeah. And this is what I realized today, that uh, he was basically, he thought I couldn't handle that one. Uh, For some reason. He's like, he, he, it was almost, and also, it was his anchor, in a way. Gotcha. It was his last bit that he was holding on. He's like uh, rationalizing that I couldn't handle it. Ah. Because if I could handle it, then he was useless. Gotcha. So there's that. But anyway, like I said, uh, the shattering thing, this was a very poignant thing for me, for my personal experience. That it's not like a piece of broken glass that breaks off and becomes another being. It's more like a new bubble forms, and that bubble is the core sensory self, like the new the, the eye. Mm-hmm. And to me, that almost seems like it, 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 it fits my personal experience more than, like, the idea of a shattered mirror, which is mm-hmm. 
uh, probably what a screenwriter would would visualize. Yeah, it's, it's, know, it's, it's kind of cliche. Truthfully. It's cliche because it's it's a screenwriter a screenwriter's uh, icon for the idea. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was like a, a little bubbly lens, and the lens is the eye that's looking out, mm -hmm. and it can, his can move, and mine is stuck at the center because that's what it's supposed to be. It's in his metaphor. Because that's the last bit before I drop, or we segue, is this whole thought pattern. Uh, indicate, it, it, it reiterated to me how important having handles on your internal stuff is. Like, if you don't know how to let go, you think, yeah. I can't let go of this thing that happened to me, or I can't let go of this. There have been times in your day, and it, I noticed it when I was driving today, where something's stressing you out, and you're like, why am I tense? I'm just gonna let it go, and you you do that. You actually can do that when you're calm, mm -hmm. right? But when yeah. you're tense, you can't let go. Your muscle spasm, you know, almost. Well, if you if you remember the sense memory, if you're kinesthetic like me, or you at least have an awareness of, of an emotional state, just remember the sense memory of that, and then you can replay it as you're trying to let go of something else. You okay. Know? Yeah. So letting go is one thing, but there's a lot of other handles you can get. Like, what do I need to do when I need to defend myself? Like, put up a wall. What is the sense of pulling up a wall and pulling it down? Yeah. Like sometimes you do need to put up a wall. Like you're going into a chaotic situation or you're just not feeling it and you go to Walmart, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the the idea of having a sense metaphor or a, a visual a kinesthetic, if you're auditory, if you're, you know, whatever your way of receiving information, if you can know how that relates in a way to an emotional experience or performance that you're able to do sometimes but not others. Because mm -hmm. you need to be able to do it at all but to get yeah. a link. But if you've ever let go and you try to remember next time you do, especially because you're going to be calm, you might be introspective and you can think, well, I'm just letting, I'm going to let it go. Oh, oh yeah, this is what that feels like. Yeah. You have that little sense, that little gem or whatever, and then you can use it next time you need to let go of something serious. And especially once you get really good at it, at least I do, I can, I can magnify it. I can kind of distill it again. I can recreate it, but I, I, I use it up the first time I use it. Make sense? Yeah. But I can make a new bit of it, but it's conscious. For you, you have a factor, you said. You kind of like replenish the memory as you access it. Yeah. You know, like you're, you're putting yeah. your new shit that brought that memory to the fore in there. Yeah. And then it's out of you, and you used up the other one. I'm like, that's brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know how to do that. But what I do is I consciously say, well, this is what it felt like when I let go, when I'm calm, sitting on a porch by myself or something. I yeah. don't do this as much anymore, but I'll be driving or something. I'll just rerun it, I'll, just a little taste of it, and then say, okay, so that's how you make that. And then try to make more. You know, whatever's left. But whatever your metaphor is, you need handles internally because we don't have any way to do that. You can't just say, I want to feel better. I'm going to feel better. It doesn't work. Right. You need to know why you're feeling better. And you have to, uh, whatever your your way of believing the world, you have to find a model that, that mimics that mm -hmm. so you can believe your internal world and then fix it. So that's the thing that came up with today. So even though I wanted, I, I wanted to give everyone the update on why my little breakdown at the end of the last episode kind of went off on a tangent. Uh, but I also wanted to give the upside of that because I feel like today I woke up yeah. a certain way. I feel like there's a strong it, integration that happened it, it, through the night because I picked up some painting yesterday and I was really it, in, it, like surprised. Yeah, and what was good was that you gave yourself the time to actually do that, and I think that's hard for people too. Oh, and and um, um yeah. Well, Not everyone has the time or ability to do that. If you have six kids, you can't really sit. Well, there. I well no, I was gonna say like um, I mean it's not exactly the same, but. Uh, you know, when my dad died, it took me months before I was able to actually sit and mourn. You and, didn't have the and freedom. It was, it, I was like nine months before I finally had my little breakdown, which I needed to have. Yeah. Um, and and it was just, it, it's, but, you know, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. And then when you get the opportunity, you got to give yourself the time. Yeah. And you were able to give yourself the time to do that. And that's yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that time too. Yeah. Because um, right now um, I was between, I, I finished a sales job and I've been taking some time to try to complete some projects, get them over the finish line. But I have a deadline on that. So one way or the other, we're going to be getting some, some good money coming in soon. Yeah, he's almost done with this book, and, and I'm so excited I just, for it. I'm working on the cover and stuff. That's what I was painting yeah. for. And 
So I'm going to turn out pretty good, considering that I've never done that. Like, I've, I've always done uh, blocking out colors and, and graphic design level mm -hmm. Photoshop, but yeah. I never did any real... I had a Wacom tablet, but it wasn't good. Mm -hmm. um, it was real old, and yeah, I just didn't use it. Uh, but now I have a good tablet and uh, Christmas gift. Thank you. You're and welcome. you got the same one. I got you one. Oh, cool. So. I'm, 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 I'll be interested to try it and see what I can do. Yeah. But um, I, I kind of thought of she a story. She paints a lot. She paints well. She's beautiful. Like, yeah, her. She got that from her dad. Yeah. Yeah. Although I'm nothing like my dad in terms of style. Your style is way different, but I like I like your style. Yeah. It's it's got this. Um, you're very good with with uh, bold but complex colors. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love color. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my my weak points because I always sketched with pencil uh -huh. and then with graphic design it's, I didn't connect the two art frames if you know what I mean. Gotcha. Like uh, the color that I did in graphic design didn't really connect to my drawings. But um, but I, keying on something you said earlier was about uh, a smell triggering a memory. Um, yeah. Well, smell is supposed to be the strongest sense for memory. And, and well, okay. I was a very naive kid. And I was probably 21 or so, 22 maybe. And I was at a party and for the first time saw people smoking weed. Ah, Jesus. Delinquents. Yeah, well, I mean, I just, I was never around. Oh, I didn't think I was ever around it. Ah. And... Yeah. My mom always said it was incense, <laughs> ah. but I used to smell that smell in in, it's just incense. in, in their bedroom all the time because my dad smoked weed every night. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I called my mom up. You could have done that in the backyard or something. Yeah, I, I called my mom up and I finally asked her and I'm like, and I said, you know, mom, I was at this party and I it, it was weed I smelled and I'm like, it smells just like. Dad's. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How old were you? Twenty-two. Oh my God! No. Oh, you precious. I know. My poor child. <laughs> Hold on. Give me and a. And I'm heart. like, it's like all oh, these memories. I think the mushrooms thing is a little obscure, at least. <laughs> I was like sixteen when I smelled that, or eight, seventeen. Oh God. No, so, I was after actually high school. I will. Was, school. You know what's funny is like I remember playing with my dad's roach clips when I was little, oh, and I'm cute. like, but I had no idea what they were. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, well, it's like a whole lot of things like made a lot more sense after that. Before? I'm like, I felt so dumb. <laughs> but I never, I, I just had never been around it. When I was really young, before I that, that particular bad stuff we talked about earlier, yeah. I was, uh, before my mom went, got sick. I think mm -hmm. my brother Chris had just been born. It was Saturday morning. I went out like I did and got some cereal because back in those days, like, we were kind of okay, mm -hmm. you know, our family. Yeah. Um, and so I could get my own cereal and stuff, you know, before it became like too many kids and you can't ever go in the fridge and it's like beatings and shit. Mm -hmm. Whatever. And yeah, I do that. Sometimes I'll accidentally slide down the skiff, the, 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 yeah. the incline or whatever. Okay. Um, but anyway, so it was early morning. I got us some cereal and I went to the bathroom and, oh, I guess my dad had been drunk last night and he left out a magazine. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, so it was probably pretty filthy, but I was like, I had, I remember it was laying it down on the, on the uh, I was eating cereal, I had the magazine wide open, mm -hmm. I was watching cartoons, that <laughs> <laughs> comes down, and uh, I had already rationalized, oh, they're just wearing suits, they wouldn't really get naked in front of a camera, <laughs> so what are these naked suits? <laughs> You know, I was sitting there reading, and I was, you know, I was a good reader, so I was reading the words. I was like, Sasha really loves it when, you know, Robert Muff dives. <laughs> like, oh, God. Oh, it's like, yeah. oh, well. Anyway. So I was sitting there reading. My dad comes out, and he looks over, and he's just kind of glancing around. He's not really thinking anything. And he went, like, he almost went to the bathroom, and then he turned around and ran over, grabbed a magazine, <laughs> like he remembered what he saw. He's like, what? The hell were you doing? This? Like they're just naked suits. <laughs> they were like Jackson's age. Yeah. So that was my little. Yeah, yeah, but you were four, five. I was twenty-two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I had. Well, I mean, I, I, 
I guess I had a sheltered childhood compared to a lot of people, but I didn't really. I just I just had no interest in getting into trouble, you know? Like, was it fear, or was it just like, nah? Like, well, I mean, I, it's like my friends in high school. I'm high on good grades in math. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, the honest, okay, here's the honest thing. I, w I it probably was fear because I was a very, very serious child. I was what? constantly because well, of your mom. Yeah, and I was the eldest, and I was constantly worried about things. My second grade teacher called me a worry wart. Uh, you know, I mean. <laughs> But I was, I was, you know, in elementary school, I was the kid, I was, I was the girl that all the other girls would go to when, you know, a boy was giving them a hard time, and I would take care of it, you know, so, I, you know, and, and when we had that substitute teacher who was, you were, you, you aged in reverse. Yeah, I did, I did. Yeah. My mom was actually worried about me when I went to college, because I really didn't laugh much, I had no joy, I did not smile. I was very, very, very were you, serious. Were you sad? Um, I, I, yeah, I was very lonely, very lonely. I used to, uh, uh, you know, cry myself to sleep at nights most nights, especially in the teen years. And, you know, even my friends, and, and you know, my friends were, were good, but, but a lot of times I never really felt like I could talk to somebody on a completely open level and kind of superficial high school stuff yeah or? a little bit and, and <coughs> I, I think I was probably being unfair to them to a certain extent but well no I mean in like some some of yeah. these ladies I know I know now that had I had I been more outgoing that it, it would have been a better friendship. Yeah. And so I, I can't put that all on them. You know, I can't. But but at least at the time, I, yeah, I was just st stuck in my own head, I, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and my mom, uh, after I came back from college, it, I, a lot of it had to do with, with the really, the, our dynamic in the house, is when I was able to get away from my family and just take care of myself for a while. Yeah. I was able to relax and actually start enjoying life. You realized that while yeah. you were stressing over everything, you weren't just going to die. Yeah. Immediately if you if you took your time and did it. Yeah. At a pace it was comfortable for you instead of like get it all done, make it right, or yeah. I'll die, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I was I remember I, that feeling a little. Well, I mean, I mean, you, uh, you and I did the Utah trip. Me as a kid, I would have had every stop rest stop planned out. You still do a little of that. I do a little bit. You're like 50% of that. But it's a lot less than I used yeah. to. I mean, I was like, I remember going to uh, a Disney World with my, my parents when I was, I don't know, maybe a preteen. And I had the whole map planned out and the most efficient way to do all the rides in the park. Yeah. And I just drove us, you know? Yeah. But that was, that was me. Yeah. What was this? I was probably 12. 12? Yeah. And and I, I that's just how I was and and it was it was good for me to get away from the house and actually lose some of that responsibility and and some of the responsibility was was legit and some of it was in my head mm -hmm. honestly um, and uh, just be able to relax and actually enjoy life some. Yeah. And as I've gotten older, I've relaxed a lot more. You also saw your brother get hit by a car. Or yeah. A, bike, a bus. A bike. A bike. bike. A yeah. bike. You saw that happen pretty young. How old were you? I was four. And you were watching your brothers, kind of? Well, I mean, my Nick was a baby, so he was inside. Um, okay, but you were watching the one yeah. with three? Yeah. Well, was four, Jose, two? I'm two years older, so maybe I was five. You must have been and he was And he was three. Uh, approximately. Yeah, we were outside playing on the sidewalk, and these two teenage girls ran him over And that was, you were bicycle. watching, you were, in your mind, responsible for your little brother. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that was one thing. Yeah. But then your mom also habitually kind of made you more responsible than you would have liked. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was funny. I, I think it was because... Like, responsibility on your part without responsibility from them 
is abandonment, right? But you're different with your kids, where you're responsible. They can back they can back up to you if they have to. Yeah. But they have to try their, on their own, and they end up healthier. Yeah. They're not afraid of life the same way. I mean, you have there's neuroticism in in smart people. Uh huh. And so your kids end up with a little little bit of neuroticism. Yeah. Because you're yeah. always going to be aware. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, last time that happened. This well, yeah. Happened. And 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 they've unfortunately seen a lot more death than any kids their age should ever but have to see. So yeah. there there is that too. But well, yeah. Yeah. They're very well adjusted. I guess. They are. They are. They're very well adjusted. Yeah. But but yeah. I mean, some of that I think is perfectly normal. But yeah, that was. It, 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 imagine if Kyla had been the eldest. Because she, I mean, she babies Alex. And she does Daniel a little bit, but she really babies Alex. Yeah. And um, it, and if I had been flighty, she, she, I mean, she still has, she, she has her moments where she's just full of joy and laughs and goofs around and whatnot. And it's like, I never had those when I was her age. Right. Because I was always. I had those with my cousins. Yeah. When I was near my brothers, usually I couldn't joke around with them. I had to either be responsible for them. But with my cousins, I just let it all loose. And so it was like, it was definitely because I had a split, you know? Yeah. I could go and say, I'm going to have fun now. Responsible right. guy will be back next Monday. Yeah. But, but, yeah. And, but, yeah, I remember, I remember Jose getting hit by the, by the bike. I wonder if he remembers that. He probably does. He's got a really good he, early he, memory. He's also, um, very, like, he shelters himself. Yeah. Um, and that could be because of those kinds of things, you know? Yeah, it could be. Like, I'm not saying that one event, but, like, yeah. that's a formative time. Mm -hmm. You think, kids are learning so incredibly fast, so a thing that takes a week or a month to heal is an eternity to that mind. Right. So all a significant fraction of their formative memories would be healing from that yeah. in that moment, you know? Yeah. So that's why you carry that shit for your whole life. Right. It's because everyone's mind goes, you're learning really fast when you're young. But just to, to finish up that story, because I don't want to leave you hanging. My brother was okay. He did need stitches. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, it was two teenage girls who ran him over with a bike. And I... Took off. And just took off. They just left. Uh, they ran over a small child, and they kept going. Because they thought they were going to get in trouble, and they took off. Yeah. And and so I run inside and tell my mom what's going on. This And uh, and she, she freaks out a little bit. And she, then she goes out to get... Say off the sidewalk, and and I grab was take crying? Nick. Like he was crying a lot. I, I'm sure he was. I don't remember him crying. Okay. What I remember is is running inside, telling my mom, and then um, while she was gathering him up, I went and got Nick dressed and brought him down to the downstairs neighbor, and told her that we needed to go to the emergency room. Um, with Jose, and then went and found my mom, and then went to the emergency room with them. So, you know. So wait, you told the neighbor. Yeah. Well, oh, well, we were in a duplex. We were in a duplex. She just happened to be nearby or something. Well, well, she was also one of my mom's best friends. So was she watching Nick or something? Yeah, she was watching Nick. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, well, we took Jose to the that emergency makes sense room. Now. I, yeah. I just was wondering why. Yeah. 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 I, actually, I'm I'm still uh, friends with her on Facebook. She's. She's a real nice lady, yeah. and her, I would love to see her, She, her daughter lives uh, in Georgia, and she comes down to visit fairly frequently, and I would love to, like, coordinate one of those and just see her, I haven't seen her in probably 25 years, oh. but, uh, yeah, she was my mom's best friend for many, 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 many years. Yeah, that's, that's cool, I don't, I mean, the earliest people I have in my life are from fourth grade on, kind of still, everyone else is yeah. connected to my family, yeah. who I know from before that, uh, so I don't have those people yeah. really. Well, I mean, well, I it's like I, I'm not a fan of Facebook drama, but I I will say for like you know I, I have my dad's friends on there yeah. and some of my mom's friends from Florida, and and it, it's and you know cousins that live in Texas or you know whatnot, and I'm just like I love being able to keep in contact with those people, so that that I like about it. This isn't dismissing what you said. I'm very glad that you have that. Yeah. For me, that's the exact reason I hate Facebook. <laughs> like, people I haven't seen in 30 years or whatever. I mean, well, like I said, fourth grade on. A lot of those people I don't want to know anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have to say that because, yeah. I mean, no one really seems to give a shit about each other. You know, it's like, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't like superficial relationships or friendships. Yeah. Like. No, I get that. You know what I mean? Someone who asks you how your day was, and then if you are having a bad day, mm-hmm. you don't want to hear that. Yeah. I know it's it's poor social grace to say you're having a bad day, but someone who would ask, in my opinion, unless mm-hmm. it's just like the person at the counter. Yeah. If someone who you've known for years asks, I would assume you should be able to say, well, yeah. no, I'm not having a good day. I'm having a shitty day because yeah. I'm working on this. I'm trying, you know. Yeah. Like, you won't be, I don't want anyone in my life that they wouldn't say that stuff to me mm-hmm. and I wouldn't say that stuff to them. Right. Like, what's the point of having those people? Those people are taking up space and time. That sounds crappy, but it's sort of like with you and the friends. Like, I just open up to people when I felt like it. Mm. Or I'd just be completely superficial with, you know, I had the, the dichotomy. Completely superficial class clown or too much sharing, oversharing. Yeah. And the people stuck around after I overshared were the good people. Everyone else said, fuck them. Yeah. In my opinion. Well, uh, a lot of it... overshared is- me too. And I'd be able to say, well, you know what? You're going to be okay. You know, try this. Yeah. You know. Well, uh, like in high school, it's like I, I never really gave those people a chance. Right. And and so that's on me. That's okay. Because you made a decision to be extroverted at one point. Yeah. And that helped you. Yeah, it did. I made a decision to just not care in one level because I knew I could hide. If yeah. it got bad, I could just disappear. But if I tried it and it worked, it was great, you know. Mm-hmm. I just made a, a conscious decision to just tell everyone everything because my aunt was in Alcoholics Anonymous and she was a really big fan of the saying, you're only as sick as your secrets. I, you know, I, um, I, I totally, I, I agree with that. Mm. And, and you know, my favorite Bible verse has always been the truth will set you free, which is essentially the same thing. Yeah, so. it is. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's part of the reason. I was like, I, I don't mind being completely brutally honest on here. Yeah. It's because, you I know. Mean, I, I, in Nick's so-called mixed company, say family company of mine. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say all the dirty jokes I make on the podcast. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't approach people in the way that I'm approaching our potential seventy-eight and a half people. Yeah. And by the end of this, we're gonna have like a million more downloads. Yeah. By the end of this episode that we're recording right now. Yeah. According to the trajectory. <laughs> we'll up, see. We went, we went up to seventy-eight today, and then we went right to seventy-nine. And no, we didn't. In my head. We, we, we were, did. Okay, well, this morning we were at 72, and now mm. we're at 78. So that's six? Yes, today. It's like times six yeah. compared to this morning. But uh, whoever you are, thank you for listening. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what you are? We're training AI in China. Really? Yeah. That's what oh, they're doing. Oh. There's like 78 competing AI, and they're all trying to learn about humanity. Oh, oh, well. So they can destroy us, right? Yeah, but, I mean, if they listen to this to train AI, I mean, yeah. they're going to end up with, like, weird loops, and they're going to self-destruct. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So we're saving the world, right? We now. are. We are saving the world. Our podcast is saving the world. <laughs> one listener at a time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What is it? Five minutes to save the world. <laughs> we got five minutes, man. Yeah. It's like there are no cheerleaders at all. So, yeah, save the cheerleaders. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was a my favorite superhero of all time. Yeah. Um, Nakamoto. Nakamoto. Oh, oh, fuck. What's his name? The time travel guy. The time. Yata. Yata. That was I, the first thing he said when he used it. He was sitting there staring at the clock, and he kept, like, messing with it. He thought he got it. He thought he got it. Mm-hmm. And finally, he stopped time. And he goes out into the front of the building in uh-huh. Tokyo. Everyone's frozen. And he, he holds his head up and says, Yata! I, I uh, have no idea who that is. Mm, fuck. I, my, ma- my brain. It's like, he was my favorite, and I can't remember his name now. Oh. Something Nakamoto. Uh, cool. Shiro or Shiro. Ah, fucking A. Whatever. But anyway... He was cool, except mm-hmm. for when they sent him to the future, made him edgy, and brought him back with samurai swords. Yeah, dumb. Okay. Fuck all that. Okay. They jumped their own, like. They jumped like, their own they, shark. Kind of. They jumped the shark, but they kind of like. It's almost like they did uh, the Highlander two version of their own show uh-huh. with the same people all involved, except with Highlander two it was like a different director. So uh-huh. they, there's a reason why they fucked it up. Yeah. Okay. This yeah, was the second sense. season or, or whatever, third uh-huh. season something. 
They got themselves canceled by jumping the shark left and right. I love the fact that jumping the shark is actually a thing. Yeah. Thank you, Happy Days. Happy Days. Well, actually, thank you, the guy who wrote a book and made that up. Like, he's like, he wrote a book about that phenomenon and he called it jumping the shark. But it, it was based on the Happy on, Days. On the Happy Days. He, he used that as an iconic version of what he was talking about. Yeah. Where Fonzie jumped the shark. I yeah. That <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. We just watched an awful movie. Oh, we you want to did. talk about it? Um, yeah, yeah, we. This will bring in the segue about the kids that review. Oh, yes. Those kids are reviewing that movie. Oh, yes. Okay, good. Sorry. Yeah. We're going to have a segment in the future. Yes. And when the kids remove, oh, review Hopefully, we can movies. at least make it like a monthly segment. I would love to make it a weekly, but at least a monthly segment. Well, if we did an hour, right? And yeah. we each had them rotate in and out on yeah. different movies or something. Yeah. We have to watch four movies but, a week, though. Yeah, we, we just watched. Uh, what is it? Mazes and Monsters. Yeah. Starring Tom Hanks. Yep. Back his, when... His, his portrait is a good luck charm. He's just got a great smile. Yeah. And just it, put it in your pocket. It, it was back in the... I, I don't know if it was pre or post bosom buddy days, but it was around that era. Um, I, think, I think it was the intermediate period right before he did those Italian movies. Before what, bosom buddies. What Italian movies are you talking... Are you talking about the, the Da Vinci the, Code? No, the sweet, maybe the Swedish movies you made? What... With the muscle men. Now. The muscle men. It was called. It was called muscle men. No. <laughs> muscle men. I don't think that's muscle. a thing. It was, it was a thing. I and they rub lotion on each other for three hours and do a few other things. Oh, I'd watch that. Jeez. It was the one with um. <laughs> what's his name? Bring Not it John, on, man. It was John Travolta was in it. They have it on Amazon Prime, I'm sure. And they also had. They have everything on there. They also had Sylvester Stallone in that one. No. Oh, that okay. was why I got confused with the Italian thing, because he made some Italian porno, too. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. This was purely Swedish. It was mm-hmm. totally different. It's like, yeah. What, okay, what, what, is, can, what is the difference between Swedish and Italian You could porn? do a porn sampler based on country for, like, classic pornography. Yeah? Yeah. No, it's like Japanese would be all cartoons, right? You would think. <laughs> there's a little bit of that. But there's also a lot of that game show type stuff. Oh. Uh, and then, like, say the German stuff is just really filthy and, like, unsanitary. And there's, there's random monkeys running through the scene. The, and, Swedish, and, 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 yeah. the Swedish stuff tends to be, you know, pretty much like what you would think of. Uh-huh. You know, just typical. Italian is just going to be a little bit more, like, innuendo towards uh, odd, odd, um... Age differences. Ah. Okay. Now, the French stuff is going to be more like um, incest. Uh-huh. So, there's a lot of that weird weird stuff. Incest uh, innuendo. You know what I mean? Like, okay. oh, I might be your aunt. Oh. <laughs> it says in French subtitles. It's like, we're not sure about my father. Uh, I could be your aunt. It's got tour the world through porn. Yes. You're coming of age. <laughs> You know, so it's like we could do a little sampler on a, it. Would be like oh, a, a like one of those cookie samplers because they're all basically b- butter cookies. Uh huh. But they're just different types of butter cookies that are cooked different. A little, a little more sugar, a little more burnt. Some of them less Japanese, pretty pretty messed up. <laughs> okay, yeah. I think that's enough. We can talk about the movie in a moment. Sorry, uh, Maces and Monsters. We're taking a break. Yes. Okay. When we come back, we will actually talk about what we tried to talk about. Until I diverted into <laughs> European porn. <laughs> Flash. Well, let's call it like uh, continental porn, really. Continental porn. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like all across. I mean, Russian mm. shit. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Sorry. All right. We're back. I moved. I creeped. That's okay. And I just wanted to uh, clean. You just want a flat line to look yeah yeah okay. well that way it's easier for me to cut like gotcha that's all gotcha gotcha so you're going to tell us about mazes and monsters and i went off into uh strange i was going to tell us about mazes and monsters i think so okay so well uh it is essentially the way i describe it is it is in after school special crossed with reefer madness about D. Because apparently playing D and D makes you crazy for life. For if life. If you're Tom Hanks, if and you're Tom Hanks, yes. Oh, sorry, did I crunch your foot? No. Okay. No. And um, yeah, it was glorious, gloriously awful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
the acting was bad, the dialogue was bad, the lectures from the police about the dangers of playing, you know, that type of game. Mm -hmm. was, oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. detective gave this long lecture that was directed directly at the parents watching the movie. Mm -hmm. It was like, you know, it's like messing around with mazes and monsters is messing around with occult forces and, and like whatever the <laughs> fuck he said. It's like, he's like, so, so the guy's like, yeah, I, he's like, so-and-so is really spiritual because they were talking about how the missing guy mm -hmm. was like a good upstanding guy and the other guy didn't know anything about where he was even though he did. Yeah. So he's like, he was lying to the guy, lying to the detective and the detective's like, he's really, so-and-so is really spiritual and he's like, he's like, he, he was like, he's really into spirituality. He's like, spirituality like mazes and monsters. <laughs> I was like, oh God, horrible. Yeah, it was. It was it, bad acting. Yeah, dialogue. Was, I'm sorry. It, yeah, it was just bad. I, I um, I, I think the, and granted, I actually we started watching it the other night and I fell asleep, but that's because I was super tired. It was like not because I didn't want to watch the movie, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, tell that to Tom Hanks. <laughs> he was really sad about that. Oh God! It and I'm I, like you you. Yeah, you got a, a couple kids with clear mental issues. Oh yeah, clear. One kid's like a sixteen-year-old kid who went to college early. Yeah, and, and it's clearly suicidal. Yeah, he's suicidal because his mom sucks. Yeah, and that's all we that's all we get on that. It says mom's yeah. like really self-absorbed and she's a fat uh, a interior designer. Yeah, and he, he she keeps redecorating his room when that's his sanctuary. Yeah, and. Which, I mean, in terms of child abuse, is kind of low on the it's scale. It's neglect. But, uh, but it's, it's ne neglect, but he's got a freaking gold card in the 80s. Who gives a shit? Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, I mean, not really, but yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, and then... But he's 16, and he has no support, and, and he's on his own. And then uh, Tom Hanks' character is... He's probably the most interesting character, actually. The 16-year-old The 16, yeah. Tom Hanks was just a guy. Well, yeah. And he was main, kind of. Well, and it's like, in his his backstory is the older brother just disappeared after a Halloween, no, a birthday party. And he never came back. And he never came back, and so he's kind of obsessed with this. And when he gets into the game, he thinks it's a quest to so find his, his brother. brother. Yeah. yeah. Which is... And they, they, they like go into the forbidden underground sewer tunnels or what? No, yeah. caves, caves. Yeah. And, uh... And, he's, and Tom Hanks' character starts seeing... Monsters, Monst actual and, monsters, you know, that aren't there, or are you know then, people standing there, but they look like monsters. We're gonna spoil it because at the end he ends up like going into this dissociative state, which yeah. is like Hollywood version of not not a split personality, so to speak, but yeah, but uh, dissociation where he's just not aware of what's going on. Yeah, he goes into New York and he he calls up his friends. And he's like, my knife has blood on it, like he stabbed a mugger or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I was drawing, I think, <laughs> in the middle of that. But, uh, so then uh, he goes home and gets away with it because he's rich. The families are all rich, mm -hmm. you know. So he gets away with it. No no one wonders about the, 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 the poor person who was stabbed. The one time the guy tried to rob at someone, he's like, you know, I got to feed my baby. And then he died because yeah. Tom Hanks. Yeah, I, I, you're putting a whole lot more backstory into that. Than well, it was indicated. Oh, no. No, it wasn't. You could see it in the guy's eyes. He, uh -huh. he cared. Oh, yeah. The actor, the actor really got into the part. Mm -hmm. Probably the best actor in the whole movie. I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, but yeah. So my my take on it is it was written by an old guy in the eighties, a mm -hmm. guy who had been a screenwriter in maybe the fifties or sixties. Mm -hmm. He's like, this is how movies are made, you know. So he wrote dialogue that just did not fit the time period at um, all. It was weird. The kids, uh, I think it was early eighties, and someone swears up and down that they did say far out. Yeah, Still, they, I thought they said far out in the seventies. I, I, yeah. Maybe early 80s, too? Maybe, I Could know. be, whatever. But the kid said far out, and it wasn't a kid who said it ironically, if it was a late thing to say. Yeah. Like, he was a kid who had the haircut from the blonde kid in Scooby-Doo. Yeah. So the old guy who wrote the, the movie was out of touch, and then he was writing for people he considered out of touch. Right. Right? So he got, like, a couple facts oddly right. Like, he named... Uh, characters that were in the old D&D books. There was an elf named Glacia, for example. It was a very early illustration. You had to look it up to know who the name was. Yeah. Like, you had to look up, what's the name of this picture? Well, yeah. this is Glacia. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so there was a character in the, sh in, the uh, in the game, in the, in the movie, who had was named after that character. Mm -hmm. uh, and so he had odd bits right, but he, he never got the rest of the game rules right. He just seemed to choose, as a writer, the thing that would terrify old people the most. Yeah. 
as a as a way. It's like well, we have to get in the spirit of the character. You know, like we have to, <laughs> we have to let the spirit into you know all the the weird shit that the, the adults were assuming D and D was. Yeah, Just playing right into that. And then at the end, they stepped on their own moral. Yes. By playing one last time, they're like, we didn't see the monsters, but he did. Yeah. Like, oh, because he's crazy forever. Yeah, apparently. So, apparently there's no medication for that or anything. And oh the God. kids just totally... Well, there is, not for dissociation. If it's like something happened to this guy... Yeah, well... They, each I, of these guys had very flimsy reasons for going crazy, really. Yeah, yeah, that, and that, yeah, I think that and was... all their motivation sucked. Yeah, and, and, and none of those reasons had anything to do with playing the game. This was probably a made-for-TV movie attempt, but it was probably put on the screen, I think. I think it was put on the real... I have no idea. And it was really it was shown bad. in theaters. It was really bad. But it was like a made a bad made-for-TV movie. Yeah. And and uh, to segue into, I was like, I, I want to show my kids 80s movies and then have them review them because... Yes. My daughter, in particular, is very good at breaking down the stupidity of whatever she's watching, and she's quite funny doing it. But yeah, I yeah. really see Daniel reviewing Mazes and Monsters. Yes. And Daniel will be part of the panel. We have to do two kid panels because otherwise they'll argue the whole time. Yeah. Like any four, any three of them put together. Uh -huh. Well, because her kids are usually great, but you put the others, yeah. the other one, <laughs> with any of the others, and there's got to be some kind of fighting. Yeah. You know, it doesn't even have to be the direct. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, mix them up, and I think two at a time reviewing movies. Yeah. Like Daniel has to be on the panel. For, for that one. Monsters. Yeah. And I think maybe Kyla, because she would totally rip that apart. Oh, yeah, she totally would. Be funny as hell. I think Alex would be really good with, like, uh... And, and my, all my kids play D&D. Yeah, they, they all play D&D. &D. Yeah, yeah. But Daniel, the two that are most into it are Kyla and Daniel. Yeah, yeah. Daniel They're actually started a D&D a &D club at his high school, and he's graduated now, but Kyla's taking it over. Yeah. And um, and Alex plays, too, and so does Andrew, who's in the house. And they can all watch yeah. the movies and, 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 and just split up into panels of two. Yeah. And we can get two segments for each one, and yeah. then that way it's two kids on this, two kids on the, uh, two other kids on the same thing. Yeah. And that way they all watch the movie, watch one movie a week, but, and get some... But yeah, it sweet it, sweet monetary. I, I, you, you should content. find it highly entertaining because they're it's just good. funny. They we have a podcast sweatshop, basically. Yeah. Yeah, we're working on that. <laughs> we're gonna start outsourcing everything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that should be fun. You know, we'll have to. I mean, my kids. I was like, honestly, my kids have seen quite a few '80s movies because I make them watch them. Like when my daughter was. When she went to space camp in seventh grade with her science club, and I made her watch space camp before she went. Because I didn't want her, you know, shooting into space, clearly. So I wanted her to see that as a, you know, parental wording. And she's looking at me like, you're crazy, Mom. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, space camp was weird. Was All I remember stupid. is that they had anti-gravity rules. But you know who the, the, the youngest kid was? I don't remember anything about the movie except for, like, the it was, facility. It was, uh, how do you, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. When he was, like, eight. Okay. Yeah, in that movie, which is kind of fun. I have a weird abrasion on my ear. I don't know how I got it. Uh -oh. Sorry. No, it's just like a, big, a bigger cut than I would expect. It's uh. weird. Don't worry about it. Okay. I might be the werewolf, though. Oh. Does We're trying to figure out the werewolf in the houses. Yeah. There's, like, this huge mystery that Scott is the only one who, I think, cares about it. But that's okay. It was the end of a you know, D and d game that we were joking about. Yeah. Came out somewhere. Yeah, because we we play we we play. Daniel runs a game of yeah. D and D for the the house. We we kind of alternate whoever likes to run. Kyla never plays with us. She plays at school, and she's good with that. Yeah. So, um, for us, the rest of us play anything. Like I I write games, so sometimes we'll test something I'm writing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So. So. What, what else, else do we want to talk about? I don't know. I mean, we have a long podcast already. True. How many minutes are we? We are... We're, we're trying to shorten them up a little, because she has to cut them apart now. We're, we're like at 103? I think that's solid. Okay. Cool. For now? Yeah. And if we feel like talking more, we can start a new one. Yeah. Okay? All right. Yes. Um, Just to, I talked a lot. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I always okay. talk a lot. I hate it. it... It's a two-person podcast. I... 
It's fine. I edit it and it, it comes good. out okay. Cut out 50% of what I say and then the other 50%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, actually the stuff you said at the beginning was very important. Today, yeah. Yes, and that's good. Okay. So, and we have fun doing this. It, yeah. It's like because we get to hang out. And, I mean, not that we don't get to hang out otherwise, but it's, it's, it's like, like we end up having conversations that we may not have otherwise. Typically, yeah. Although, I mean, I, I will say our bedroom conversation sometimes goes in this direction, but it's usually naked, anyway. yeah. <laughs> which is oh, fun. Well, I did order a book. It's called The Lost Art of Reading, The Lost Art of Listening. Ah! And I'll, I'll actually read that, uh -huh. and then I'll work my way up. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we're going to say goodnight for now. Thank you for listening. Um... Yeah. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye.